everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Tip Balls Podcast. Today is Friday, the 13th, 2013, or excuse me, 2023. Don't want to get that, that decade gap wrong. 2023, uh, I'm here with my, well, I'm Zolo. I'm a little sick. That's why I look like Emperor Palpatine right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one that's under the weather this time as opposed to Sam a week ago. But I'm here with my two... Oh, my two distraught co-hosts. <laughs> to the right, we have the one and only Uncle Sam. Hello. And live from Tampa, where he's going to the it's Lions game Sunday. Live from Tampa, it's John Mayer. Lions Bucks for four twenty-five on Fox on uh, on Sunday. He's gone. Uh, we have Sam. He's gone. Hello. He's. I can hear him. He's Hello. On the screen. He's gone. Uh oh, we've already lost. What do you mean I'm gone? But we could hear him at least. We got that going for us. And behind the ones and twos, but now scrambling at the moment is Bruce. Uh, what the fuck? He's gonna spend the the, ne- the next the next couple minutes. minutes in peril. You're so worthless, dude. It actually like blows my mind. It was working ten seconds ago, okay? And it's not now. So what does that mean? What, what, what is this? I think it Amateur happened. Hour? I think it happened last time when we went live too. I think that's when it went out. Is when we went live, if I remember correctly. No, it didn't work the whole time last time because he's stupid. Well, at least we got sound. We got that going for us. You sound great. Uh, Thank you. Do you have any blue to wear on Sunday? Yes, I do. Good. Um, so I didn't have time to go over to my mother's house and pick up a Lions jersey, okay. but. But I will be there representing in the full tipped balls blue. As long as it's blue, everybody knows where my stance is. Good. I agree with you. It's going to stand out amongst the orange and the creamsicle. And I think there's going to be – I mean, the last Lions road game was that Packers game, and they took over that stadium. I think this is going to be probably the second or third most popular road game in terms of Lions fans after Chicago. Uh, and then I just realized we have the market cornered for the next three road games. You got this one covered. I'll be in Baltimore next week. And then after the Monday night game in the bye, I'm going to L.A. as well, where the blue won't stand out as well against the Chargers. But who knows? Maybe we should put a trip to New Orleans December 3rd so we could hit that one. Tip balls on I, the road. I will say the entire plane, whole plane was full of just Honolulu blue yesterday. Yeah. It's great to see. Yeah, we've been waiting a long time for this. Uh, so did anyone watch the game last night? Yeah, I did. I thought it was doo-doo again. I don't know about you guys, Uncle Sam. I'm sorry? Uh, yeah, I thought it was... you think the game was crap? It was pretty atrocious, like... Pretty, uh... <laughs> it was pretty bad, actually. I, I don't know. I, I mean, what do you what do you do at that point, you know? It's as if both of these teams are allergic to the end zone, or were allergic to the end zone last night. Well, yeah, that was the thing. Like, nobody expected – I didn't expect much out of Denver last night, but I expected the Chiefs to, you know, be able to do something against one of the worst-ranked pass defenses in the NFL. And they didn't – like, at the end of the day, Denver held them to one touchdown and just a barrage of Harrison Bucker field goals. But Yeah, they held them when they had to right in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, and they, they stepped up. I think, honest to God, if you're going to take anything out of last night's game, it's that Denver's defense took a stand when they needed to and didn't let Mahomes get all cute on them. Uh, I mean, any any team that holds the Chiefs to one touchdown 
you you can't really you can't really knock him. The thing is, is I don't know if this is as much of a Russell Wilson issue as it is. I'm starting to think it's kind of a coaching issue, and I'm starting to think I that. Know. I thought they played pretty hard late yesterday, Sam. I didn't. I didn't see. I I thought for sure he lost the locker room last week, and I didn't see that this week. Those guys were playing hard, so I I don't I don't know if that's a a direct thing from coaching, as if. I, I noticed a few things about Kansas City that they're going to jump on your receivers early and and they're going to run with them and be physical with them. And I th- saw personally on four occasions where their receivers were being mugged about eight yards down the field and nothing was being thrown, which it is what it is. Well, Another okay. horrible roughing the passer call that was actually that – led to the first Denver touchdown that actually they should not have had. They showed, they showed Russell Wilson's passing stats with four minutes left in the third quarter. He had 57 total yards of passing yesterday. In 40, we're on a, we're on a Travis Kelsey, a Travis Kelsey uh, rip downfield. Listen, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the chiefs. I'm, I'm glad we fi- we finally agree on something for the first time in two weeks. The bigger story here was the Chiefs, but it was on two fronts. Front number one, Denver has been good offensively. Um, Even against the Jets, they were kind of serviceable. I think the big story here is the Chiefs' defense. Nick Bolton came back. Chris Jones is hitting his stride. Uh, Reed has been playing outstanding. I think the big story here is the Chiefs' defense is now the key component on that team. At at the moment, at the moment. Do I think that's going to persist? I don't know. But at the moment, the key of that team is the Chiefs' defense, and they're going to go as the defense goes. Yeah, because that's it. Russell Wilson's been good, and, and I agree. I, I didn't think the offense gave up at all. I thought they were moving the ball. I love what I saw out of both Jaleel McLaughlin and Javante Williams. Um, the bigger of the two stories, though, is, is I think that we are no longer in this is just a, a phase territory with the Chiefs' offense. I genuinely think there's something wrong. Um, I think the red zone issues are are more than apparent. Um, if it's not Kelsey, they're not moving the ball well, and he's really banged up right now. He's getting up and lift, limping after every catch that he makes. So they're one Kelsey catastrophic injury away, in my opinion, from being out of it. Yeah, not. I don't know about out of it because that division is still so bad. Yeah, and similar to the Lions, I think they have a two game lead in the division. Um, their division is bad enough to where they can hang around. So hypothetically, they're going to have the full season to figure this out. But at a minimum, I do think that the rest of the AFC, like Baltimore, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, whoever comes out in the in the East, the Dolphins or the Bills, one of those teams are going to have home field over the Chiefs. And I think that's going to matter when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, 100%. They're still going to win their division, but they just don't look good right now. They don't look good. And this, and this happened in 2020 after they uh, – after they, um, well, did they re- did they go to back-to-back Super Bowls? They yeah. did, right? So they, went, yeah. they won in 2019 – or I'm sorry, they – They lost in 19, won in 20. Yeah, no, no, no. It was the other way around. They, they won one, then lost. They right. lost to Tampa. So I think they did – They won in 2020 and then last year. Yeah, but they, they've they gone to three of four, three of five. Regardless, they just don't look good. 
And I don't think the road to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. And I think that's something that we need to keep an eye on now for the next two or three months here. A hundred percent. And I don't know if you're Denver at this point, I think they're, they have the right idea with their teardown situation. I mean, you're at the point where you're, you're not going to, you're not going to write this ship. They're one in five. And I'm the last night that offense just looked so, so awful. And I do agree with you. I think you have to give a lot of credit to the chiefs defense. Like, I mean, Chris Jones made some beautiful plays last night. Uh, I know the, the two picks I saw both interceptions. I mean, Russell Wilson is is a shell of his former self right now, and it's just not it's just not clicking for them. I think the big glaring thing is now: what do you do with him? Like, what do you do with Russell Wilson at this point? Are you going to continue to pay this guy, you know, on the upwards of fifty million dollars a year for the production that you're getting, or so are, are they as one of their draft picks? Uh, does it go to Seattle again? I believe I believe so. Um, let me double check that. But I'm looking right now. But um, I think at this point he's just a bridge to whoever they get to play for quarterback, unless they can find a team like they'd have to take off salary. I I, I don't. They I do all I don't think Russ was that bad. I, last I, night. He wasn't bad, dude. Listen, their receivers couldn't get downfield, and Sean Payton's offense is a timing offense. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. If you go back to his days in New Orleans, it was all timing offense with Drew Brees and Mike Thomas and the guys that they had at that time. That's that's what it consists of. And they were unable to do that yesterday because Kansas City's defense was actually smart. They were mugging their receivers for at least the first eight yards of their routes, which within five is legal. Anything past that's not. And I see quite a few of that con- – a lot of contact down the field, and uh, the refs let him play. They yeah, that's that's he had. Listen, Carl Loftus and Chris Jones both had two both had two knockdowns right at the line of scrimmage. All right, the first interception was absolutely atrocious. Okay, I mean, yeah, give give credit where credit's due to the Chiefs' defense. They played they played a tight game against those receivers, but at the end of the day, my man was thirteen. What was he thirteen? Complete 13 to 22 for 95 yards and two picks. I mean, how much credit can we give him? You know, it's, it, you're, you're coming to a point with him now where it's like, it's getting, it's, it's sad to watch. Like that's where I was at last night. Because if you think back to what Russell Wilson was, Russell Wilson, if you go back six years, was was like today's equivalent of Josh Allen, where you're, you're watching this guy and their teams got so close every time. And, you know, and now it's just he's just in the toilet. It's just a dumpster. The Denver's just such a dumpster fire right now. It's sad to watch they're, Russ they're there. In a re, they're still in a rebuild, so they do still have rebuild. all their picks. By the way, this year they they yeah, were, I, this is the first year they have all they all their picks. And if they finish as high as they probably will, shit, they might have a shot at Caleb Williams. If not Caleb Williams, I mean they'll have a shot at Penix or Bo Nix or even I've seen JJ McCarthy in the top ten. They'll have a shot at one of those guys, and uh, do they want to take that shot? That being said, I I don't I don't know if they're going to do that this year. I don't. I don't think they will either. They they have more issues than Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think I think that um, their offensive line's bad, garbage, garbage. They're trash. Their defense obviously can't stop anyone. Um, There's the sands a couple pieces. I just think that they're the defense defense needs pass rushers and uh, the guys that they've. They've 
drafted have not developed. Nothing screams. Which kind um, of surprises me that you got guys on that roster that are not even fucking playing that you paid high money for, which is really, to me, that that's just I agree. doesn't make any sense. I agree. Well, see, that's that's the glaring thing for me is if you're gonna, if if essentially you know you're going into like a, you know a, a full full scale rebuild right now. What what do they do again? What do they do with Russell Wilson? You don't want to take Russell Wilson at what is he thirty four years old into into a full rebuild, or he might not be that old. No, he might I, be thirty one. But you don't want to take him into a full rebuild. So I mean, you have to either you either got to get see if somebody will trade. He is thirty four. If somebody will trade for him or let this guy go, because I mean, he's at this. He's entering the twilight of his career, and if you're taking him into a full three year rebuild. And paying him fifty million dollars, all you're doing is setting yourself back right now. So they they have to figure out what the next step is for Russ. Yeah, I can totally see a scenario where they move on from him in the off season, and he ends up in a situation yeah. a little more suited to him. I don't know what that situation would be, off the top of my head. Uh, I just think there's better spots than Broncos Nation. I saw a great meme last night. It was you know the Broncos Nation. Let's ride. And then uh, it said the ride, and it was Kennedy in the in the uh, in the motorcade right before he had the brain blown out. That's I mean, crazy. that it's it's that sad right now. It really is. I'll send it. Um, it's yeah, it's oh. it's not great. Um, listen again, I I still disagree on on him being the problem because I think he's been very serviceable and very efficient this year. Um, but His nothing screams not nothing screams. Uh, I can't get the ball downfield quite like. Uh, trading all of his receivers, which is what they plan to do. Which brings me to, did you guys see what happened uh, in the warm-ups? Did you guys see what happened in pregame warm-ups? Well, with Judy and... Uh, Jerry Judy and Steve Smith. Steve Smith, yeah. Steve Smith was live for NFL, I think NFL Network, or was it Amazon? I don't know. Steve Smith was live on TV. I think it was for NFL Network. And Steve Smith has a podcast, and he's been criticizing Jerry Judy for, for weeks. I think he called him like a, a, a third-tier wide receiver or something like that. And Jerry Judy walked by and started screaming at him as he was live on the air. So it was like, oh, Jerry Judy's going to pop off tonight. He's going to have a great game. He's going to prove it to Steve Smith. He ended up with three catches for 14 yards. Um, just uh, there's just, not to, there's just not a lot to like if you are a Broncos fan. But you know what, Broncos fans? You got a Super Bowl in the last 10 years. Uh, you've been to a ton of them. Your Nuggets won a championship this year. Your Avalanche won a championship last year. Um Relax, you'll be fine. Just stick it out, and and you build properly, and with your new ownership, who's got piss money, got got Walmart money, and you'll be fine. It'll work out for you in the long run. Real, real quick, and I will say, because we kind of we kind of jumped right. I jumped right into Denver when I was talking. I'm not. I I agree that the Chiefs' defense looked great last night against a against an offense that at this point I think we were starting. I mean. You guys are a little bit higher than me, but I think Denver's offense is, is mediocre at best. I am still worried about Kansas City. I am not sold on Kansas City. I don't think it's clicking yet, and I agree with you 1,000%. Again, this goes back to what we said Wednesday. Your your entire offense is relying around a 33-year-old tight end, and right now he does not look healthy. He is banged up. It took him a long time to get up on every play. If If – Kelsey misses time, and I mean not a game or two, but if Kelsey misses, you know, four to six weeks. He's fine. He ain't missing no time. 
guess he's a 33-year-old tight end with multiple bang-ups right now. If he misses four to six weeks without Travis, if they had to go six weeks without Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs are three and three in that span. So I just we have to keep that in perspective. Maybe worse. If not, worse. yes. If not worse. One game without Kelsey. By the way, the Chiefs are five and one. Who's who's their one loss against? Can't remember who they lose to. Uh, I think, four, I, but I can't remember the team. It was the Detroit Lions. The start the year. I can't remember the team. It was the Lions. Um. Anyways. <laughs> Their one game without Kelsey's a loss. And this is weird. You guys are going to hate this take right now. But it's almost as if the Chiefs fans owe Taylor Swift right now because he's he's playing to impress her in, in, in some fa- – we'll say in a small, a very small fashion of her showing up to games, and he's playing to blow her away. I and, said the uh, exact same thing last night. I literally that? said the exact same thing. If she wasn't there, I don't what think he would have played. Playing? Yep, he wouldn't have played. He's he's she's kind of willing him a little bit. So, yep. um, I I don't love it. They're they're one peg getting pulled out away, one peg, and it's Travis Kelsey. But I I don't know. Remains to be seen. Their division's really bad. I still think Kansas City without Kelsey is probably shedding at least the Raiders, maybe even the Chargers, um, because the Chargers just have coaching issues, but we'll we'll see. It's it's something to keep an eye on. It's a it's a storyline, in my opinion, early on in the season. It's one of the biggest storylines in football. Could we do um, a little news? Yeah. Okay, because I know there I have a piece of news that I know Uncle Sam is gonna absolutely adore right now. Um so there's a rumor floating around Foxborough that uh if Mac Jones struggles in this week's game, and I not Patriots are so irrelevant in my mind right now that I don't even know who they play, but uh, they're playing Vegas. If if he struggles in this week's game, they're going to pass right over Bailey Zappi, and Bill Belichick is going to put Will Greer in to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the way if Mac Jones struggles again this week. And I know how big of a Will Greer guy Uncle Sam was back in the day. So He's trying to bait you right now. Are you going to bite it? He's not taking the bait. That was that one wasn't even bait. All he did was talk about how great Will Greer was going to be coming out of college. I don't even remember mentioning Will Greer to you ever, but okay. Will Greer played at Florida, correct? No, West Virginia. That's how much you know. Who's the Florida guy that you liked? Kyle Trask. That's who it was. Oh, it was Kyle Trask. All right, whatever. Yeah, you were right. I was trying to bait him, and it didn't work. But anyways. They should have took Kyle Trask. They wouldn't have this problem. You think Kyle Trask is better than Mac Jones? Yes. Not just right now, but. Uh, two quarterbacks will be missing this week's games. Uh, Deshaun Watson is extremely doubtful for their game this weekend. Uh, and also, Giants are going to be have some issues. They are without Daniel Jones, and it's looking like Saquon Barkley will not play this weekend either. What about Waller? I have invested interest in Waller. Did he practice yet? So Waller has not practiced yet, but he's still – they're saying that he's likely to play. All right. So – 
that one will uh, that one will be one to watch because I don't know what their offense is if they're missing all three of them. Uh, supposedly, Sam Laporta picked up a little calf injury. Uh, he did not practice yesterday, but he was not on the report either. So I don't know what that means going forward. I don't know if they're going to pull a Gibbs situation with him where right at the last second they give him the week off. Um, but I think that one's probably one to watch as well. Gibbs was working off to the side with trainers yesterday, finally. So I don't think he goes Sunday, but I think he's closer than we think he is. Um, so I'm I'm looking for him next week in Baltimore. I heard Sam Laporta. Everybody this morning fine. was a, was assuming that Sam Laporta is not playing. This really? Morning. That's what they were saying on the radio. Well, Lions lost another one yesterday. Uh, this is. For uh, all those people out there who own Craig Reynolds in fantasy, this is a this is a big one for you. Uh, Zonovan Knight season-ending shoulder injury yesterday. So before he even really ever got started for the Lions, his season's over. That's you, Bruce. Craig Reynolds. I got rid of him. You're an idiot. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, other than other that, injuries, do we do we miss any? Are there, are there any other stories that we missed? I mean, other than that, it seemed like it was kind of a slow week up to this point. It's probably the slowest one of the year so far because there really was not that much there. Um, Traylon Burks did not travel to London for the Titans this weekend. I mean, outside of that, oh, Alex Anzalone's parents that were stuck in Israel on a uh, church mission uh, have been reported as safe and are making their way back to the United States, so. Good for them. Good for the Anzalone family to get reunited here within the next couple of days, it seems like. Other than that, I don't have any more news. So should we go into the picks? Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that either of you need to touch on? Uh, if I do, I'll, I'll mention it during the picks. Okay. Well, I guess we should start off on the other side of the pond then. The Baltimore Ravens are at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium playing the Tennessee Titans. Baltimore is a four-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 41 and a half. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think that out of all of the London games that we have seen thus far, and there was a, last week's was pretty good. Buffalo was in that game against Jacksonville the entire way, but I think that this game could actually be what? You say Buffalo was in that game with Jacksonville all the way? It was a close game. Yeah. And they lost by a touchdown. Or they lost by four they points. They were totally outplayed and outcoached. Okay. That was last week. All, all right. right. This is an intro for this game. Okay. We don't need to debate it. But anyways, uh, I think that this game's actually going to be a lot better than it's looking like on paper. Um the big thing is, is Derrick Henry going to be able to run the ball against the Baltimore Ravens uh, run defense? And honestly, right now, I think that he I think he can't. Um, again, I don't think Baltimore's blown anybody away yet this year. And I think that they're – I don't know if they're going to be able to – this is – I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but this Titans defense has been a little bit sneaky this year. Don't get me wrong, I still can't stand Titans. But – I really think that they have a chance in this game. I'm still going to go Baltimore. though. I think Baltimore can pull this one out by a touchdown. And this over-under, I'm going to take the under 
everybody kind of there's not a lot of points scored in any of these these London games. Um, but I think this game's gonna be a lot better than people think. I think it's gonna come down to the wire. Every time Baltimore um every time Baltimore blows it, they follow it up the next week with a good performance. And um this Titans team is so weird because I can't stand them and they're not good. But they they managed to stay in games. Like I picked them last week and then they choked. Uh, I didn't pick them the week before and they won. Uh I don't think that they have the firepower to stop the Ravens. And I, I think the Ravens last week, their two losses are just mistake. It's them shooting themselves in the own, their own foot. And a lot of what this league is, when you have these good teams, like the best teams are the teams that mitigate their mistakes the most. The Lions don't make a lot of mistakes. They're four and one. Okay. I think Baltimore is going to clean up a lot of the mistakes. And on top of that, they've, th- there's like this theory in London. Um, the the Titans are leaving for London, I think, today, and the Ravens have been there all week practicing, and there's a theory that if you're there and acclimated, you tend to play better for that 9.30 game, and it showed last week because the Jaguars were obviously there for almost two weeks, and Buffalo was not, and the Jags looked a lot sharper than – I mean, I thought the game was close, too, but I thought the Jags looked a lot sharper than the Bills. I like the Ravens. I like the I like the number, the minus four. I think they'll have no problems covering by a touchdown, probably. And uh, I'm gonna go the under because that the London, the London under just tends to hit. Uncle Sam, I'm gonna go with the Ravens and the under. That's all we get. Ravens and under, oh, Bruce. Shit. That's all we get, eh? You want to hear my reason for it? Well, yeah, usually when we make picks, we do do some sort of analysis. So, sure, I'd love to. Well, this, is my, this, is my re- this is my reason for it. Um, Tennessee just can't generate offense, and it's just they got to – if you can't do that in London, you're going to be in trouble. Amen. In London, you're going to be in trouble. Because it's hard like to it. generate offense there. <laughs> All teams struggle there trying to generate yeah, offense. I mean, yeah, you're going halfway around the world to play a game. I, I agree. Uh, I think it's I stupid. you got to be able to anyway. do something. All right, next up, Indianapolis is heading to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Jacksonville, a four-point favorite in this one. The over-under in this game is 44.5 points. Um, again, Anthony Richardson on IR. Uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be the starter for the Colts. And honestly, as much as I loved seeing Anthony Richardson play because my man left it all on the field, what he did, this is probably right now a better situation for the Colts to be in. Uh, Minshew hasn't looked awful so far this year. Again, like I said last week, I think he's probably one of the better out of all the backups in the NFL. Gardner Minshew's up there in the ranks with the best of them. So, I still don't think that matters all too much. I liked the way Jacksonville played last week in uh, – actually, the last uh, two weeks in London. They haven't won a home game yet. They have not won a game at home in Jacksonville. So, this could be a big one for them. I think they need this one. They go to 4-2. and two. They have a nice, firm spot in the division because right now them and Indianapolis are tied. Um, I think Jacksonville should win this game not in a very easy fashion, but they should win this game pretty handily. And I'm going to take the over in this one just because 
I don't think that Colts offense right now really falls off that much without Minshew. And obviously, I mean, we Zach Moss last week looked absolutely incredible. Um, and Jonathan Taylor did, wasn't really acclimated back into the offense yet last week. So I think that Indianapolis could put up some points as well. Ultimately, Jacksonville wins this game at more than a touchdown. Jacksonville minus four, and I'm going to take the over. Uncle Sam. What's the spread on that? The spread on that one is going to be plus four for Indianapolis, and then the over-under is 44 and a half. I'll take Indy to to win this, Indianapolis to win, and I'm going to take the over. Every time I want to laugh at his picks in real time, I'm like, this guy's fucking crazy. He's right much more than he's wrong over here. So that's, I, I that was the New England pick from last week. He always oh, throws God. one in there yeah, that's okay. just absolutely awful. You think he's only good for one of those? He's good for he's good for one that you're like, what the fuck is he doing? And it hits. And one, what the fuck is he doing? And it's absolutely awful. That's the absolutely awful. Okay. All that did was reinforce the fact I think Jacksonville wins this game by three touchdowns now. But anyways. Uh, I, I do think Jacksonville is, is rolling in the right direction right now. Um, I uh, I agree. They they need a home game. They kind of didn't play well against – was it week one, the 31-21 game? They kind of didn't play well against the Colts. Uh, but I believe in this Colts offense. Um, Shane Steichen's an offensive guy. He's kind of got them hemming and hawing right now. And you know what? This is Gardner Minshew's revenge game. This is Gardner Minshew returning to, uh, returning to Duval County for the first time as a starter. And uh, I'm excited to see that. For that reason, I like the over, but I do think Jacksonville's got enough juju going on right now to where they should, they should easily, uh, they should easily make that minus four. I like them by a touchdown as well, similar to Baltimore. Uh, so give me the Jaguars and give me the over in that one as well. Excuse me, Jaguars and the over. You want right, to do the next one? No, I got you. Okay, I'm here. Don't worry. Next up, we have the Washington Commanders heading down to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, over-under a 42-and-a-half. Right now, Atlanta's sitting at three-and-two, pretty good in their division. Um, Washington, we've seen some good, and we've seen some really bad. Um, this game's going to come down to, I think, who can who controls the line of scrimmage the best, and who's able to actually effectively throw the football, right? Both these teams have shown they can run the ball. Atlanta, obviously, a little bit better than Washington. But I think if we could see a Desmond Ritter game like we did last week, I think Atlanta should be able to win this game, right? Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter both have been very shaky at times this year, but have both had a couple of high moments. I think ultimately, Ritter last week, if he can play – Close to that level. This Atlanta team looks like a whole different ball game than they did to start out the year. So I'm going to take Atlanta minus two and a half. I'm going to roll with Desmond Ritter because I did all offseason. I got to stick with them now. And the over under a 42 and a half. I'm actually going to go under in this game. Uh, I know both these teams or, you know, Washington at times this year put up big points. I don't think it's going to happen this week. Atlanta, their two losses, they combined for 12 points. I'm going to go Atlanta and I'm going to take the under. I um man, I like Atlanta too, very reluctantly, very very reluctantly because I just don't think they're that good. 
But if there's a team I trust a little bit more with the momentum this week, um, I, I, Atlanta's kind of building towards something, and they're still in it in their division. Um, and I just don't love – I don't love what the commanders have done, but it won't shock me at all if they win because they've, they've pulled off some – some games against some similar teams to Atlanta earlier this year and in Denver. Um, So I, I like Atlanta very, very, uh, very reluctantly, but I like Atlanta to cover. I like them to win by that field goal, maybe even a young Oku, young Oku field goal at the very end of the game. But I like the over because I think that Biennemi and Ron Rivera both have a lot to prove. Ron Rivera is pretty much coaching for his job at this point, in my opinion. Uh, his ownership is watching, and I think that they need to put up a better performance offensively, and I think Atlanta's only bag of tricks is what they do offensively. It's just they don't have the quarterback to make the plays. But I like the over, and I like Atlanta to cover. I'm going to take Washington in this game in the over. That'll be the one that hits. That'll be the one that hits. Well, it's a close one, so – you know, yeah, this I is the toss-up. You can you could say what you want to say. I I just feel that uh, Washington's front, defensive front, is better than Atlanta's, and I I just I think they're going to get home. And well, I were, agree with you. They were kind of embarrassed last week, and I I got a feeling they're going to come back hard this week. So I'll I'll say this much: Ritter and Fields are pretty similar, and Fields was able to shred that. Um, Fields was able to shred that commander's defense. I think this is the this is a good Drake London breakout game, similar to how DJ Moore popped off because the corners in the corners in Washington between Benjamin St. Just and then uh, the rookie they drafted Forbes, Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes, just don't. I don't think they have the fire. Atlanta Atlanta's got a little bit to work with to where they can gash the commander defense. But I I I, I agree. This is a pick 'em. And it's just who's going to be right. Is it going to be you or is it going to be Sam and I? That's what it comes down to. I really think that this is a huge test game for Desmond Ritter. Like, because like you said, Washington's secondary has been able to be burned. And I agree with Uncle Sam to the effect that they're not going to be able, B. John Robinson's not going to be able to run the ball at will against the Washington front. So this is a big test for Desmond Ritter. And I think if he comes out on top in this game, they're not in a bad spot to win this division. Next up, we have a divisional game. There it is. This uh, this is a toilet bowl of the week nominee here. The one in four Minnesota Vikings are heading to Soldier Field to play the one in four Chicago Bears in an NFC North rivalry matchup for the ages. Minnesota three point favorite in this game, over under a forty four. All right. Genuinely, when I was looking through all the games last night, genuinely, I, I don't know. Like, you want to say Minnesota because it makes more sense in your head for Minnesota to win this game. Obviously, Justin Jefferson on IR. That's huge, right? So, I mean, obviously, it's like the Chiefs losing Travis Kelsey is like Justin Jefferson or Minnesota losing Justin Jefferson, right? I mean, I think we automatically see, you know, Kirk Cousins' second most passing yards in the league. I think that drops off by about 25% now. Um, And Minnesota has not been able to effectively run the ball yet this year. I'm going to surprise everybody here. 
I'm going to take Chicago in this game. I think Minnesota's been that bad. I think Justin Fields is going to have an absolute day against them. I think he's pretty much going to run the ball at will. Minnesota's defense has looked soft. And at the end of the day, this is going to be a close game. But ultimately, I think Chicago's able to get somehow Justin Fields is going to will their way into that late touchdown. And Minnesota will be in the same spot as Denver and essentially selling the house on Monday morning. So I'm going to take Chicago to cover, to win, and I'm going to take the over in this game. Uncle Sam? I'm going to take the uh, over, and I'm going to take the Vikings to win this. I I just think that the uh, Vikings secondary, Harrison Smith is going to have a ball game this week. Just just remember that. I'm with Uncle Sam. Um, I still don't believe in the Chicago Bears. I think what he did the last two weeks, Fields, and he and he has been good. What was it? Eight, eight and one interception, eight touchdowns and one interception. Yep. Um, I don't think that Minnesota's defense is as bad as Washington's and Denver's. Um, I like the over as well, but I I think the Vikings. All things considered this week, uh, the loss of Jefferson, I think they're going to come out firing. I'm expecting a massive Hawkinson game, and I think he sucks. But these are the types of games that he steals. And Jordan Addison has slowly been coming on for Minnesota. and Because I don't think it's a breakout game because he's he's been decent. It's just been a slow go. But he's option one now, and I don't think that the Bears have the pieces on defense to slow down what Minnesota can do. Um, maybe Minnesota's defense is a little more depleted compared to the last two years, which it was their identity under Mike Zimmer. Um, it's not their identity under O'Connell. Um, but I, I still think they have enough pieces between Harrison Smith and, and some of the other guys back there that they'll be able to stop Justin Fields. I think Fields is serviceable, but he's not four touchdowns and no interceptions good this week. So I like the Vikings. I like the Vikings on the road. I like the Vikings with the, uh, the number, and I like that over, too. I like over 44. I think these teams are going to score some points. Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks heading to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Cincinnati at only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 45. Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I'm not sold. I know Seattle is 3-1. and one. I'm not sold on them yet. I'm not, not going to buy into that Seattle situation. I don't believe in Geno Smith 100% yet. Um, is he playing? Yeah, yeah, as of right playing. now, as of right now, he is playing. So that really does – I don't know how much that changes things for me. Listen, at the end of the day, Jamar Chase is open every single play. Joe Burrow finally realized that and found him. 15 receptions last week, three touchdowns. I just don't think I don't think Seattle's going to really have much of an answer for that. I'm going to take Cincinnati. This over under is interesting because it's like right on the brink for me. Um, I, I'm going to hesitantly take the over in this game. I don't feel good. That's out of everything I've picked so far. This is the one I feel the shakiest about. I, I just this this game for me has the feelings of a Cincinnati coming out party and Seattle getting blown out. Don't know why, just does. I'm going to take Seattle, or I'm going to take Cincinnati in the over, though. I want to be wrong about this one. Like, I'm I'm hoping I'm wrong about this pick just because I still think this team is fraudulent. Uh, and we haven't seen enough for them, but they beat our boys. 
they shouldn't have beat our boys, but they shouldn't. They they shouldn't have beat our boys, but they did. Um, I think Seattle's gonna win just because I don't think Cincinnati is that good. But I'll say this much: Did you guys see the the Devin Witherspoon Jamar Chase stuff by any chance? I did not. DK Metcalf came out and said, "Yeah, Witherspoon's gonna get the best of. Uh, he's gonna get the best of Jamar Chase on Sunday." And Jamar Chase retweeted the quote. And uh, Jamar Chase is like, "Well, he." They asked him. He said, "We'll see." Um, I would not be shocked if if he lights it up and repeats his performance from last week. And I'm hoping Seattle or uh, excuse me, Cincinnati pulls pulls this out. Um, I just think that Seattle is better. I think they're better defensively. And and Cincinnati has really struggled against teams that are good defensively. And I didn't like I I thought the Bengals took a step in the right direction last week. But again, I just thought it was they were such at rock bottom that they had nowhere to go but up. Um, I don't think they take a step in the right direction, but I hope they do. Maybe we get a, a, a slightly healthier Burrow that's able to move the ball better. And then I think T. Higgins is supposed to play too, which I think could be big for them. Um, but I'm I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle to win outright. I'm going to take them with the points. Uh, and I like the over in that game. I like over 45. I could see a 28-24 type situation there. I like the over, and I'm taking Cincinnati in this. I, I just think that Joe Burrow is finally starting to come into his own. He looks healthy for once. He looked healthy last week, and I think uh, if he comes in and plays anywhere we near the way he did last week, he'll be fine. I think they'll cover at home. They'll win easy. I hope you guys are right. I think I think we're going to be right this time. I really do. Think, I think we're going to be right this time. It's hard for me to believe that Burrow getting healthier and now you got a little bit of a pissed off Jamar Chase that they're going to – that they'll lose that game. But we will see on Sunday. Uh, next up, the San Francisco 49ers are heading up to Cleveland to play the Browns in a game that I know Uncle Sam would love to see Brock Purdy throw multiple interceptions in. The San Francisco 49ers are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The over-under is a whopping 36 points. Uh, it's, this one's easy for me. We have the P.J. Walker-led Cleveland Browns, obviously Deshaun Watson out. Um, I think this is this is the beginning of the end game for the Browns. Are they a seven-win team? Probably. But I don't think they're much more than that, even if Deshaun Watson comes back and is effective. And I think San Francisco's – I don't want to start anything here. I think San Francisco's the best team in the NFL without question right now. Give me San Francisco. Give me all the points. I'll take them – I'd take a minus whatever it was in this game pretty much. And I'm going to take the under. I just – I don't think Cleveland's offense is going to be able to do much. I mean, I can't really imagine Jerome Ford having a huge day against this 49ers front. I can't imagine P.J. Walker lighting up the world and just throwing at will against this against this defense either. So I'm going to take San Francisco minus nine and a half, and I'm going to take the under of 36. Just I can't believe I'm saying that, but I am. Is Nick Chubb back? Nick Chubb's out for the year. He's done for the year? Yeah. I'll take the 49ers to win. Doesn't matter points, Brad. 
yeah, obviously I like the Niners. I like the spread. Um, the the bigger topic here is the over under. Well, the bigger topic is how dominant is Brock Purdy going to look, and how and what quarter are they going to pull him out in because he's he's already cemented his, he's already furthered his MVP candidacy for the week. But um, <laughs> I um, th- this is a fun over under because the number's so low, they're trying to bait you into taking it, but they're thinking, well, Dorian Thompson Robinson couldn't move the ball. What makes you think P.J. Walker is going to have any shot of moving the ball against this 49er defense? Well, 30, it's 36, the number, right? Yes. Hypothetically, let's just assume that the Niners aren't going to take their foot off the gas until the third quarter. And I think the way it's set up, they could drop 28 on their own by then. You just need you just need like a little bit of help for from from Cleveland. Do I think they're going to do it? Probably not. But this is a fun over under. Like I would I would move this if you're a better. I would move this down and see if you can get better odds in like the 30 range, um, which would be Cleveland ends up with a field goal at some point. They're playing at home. And we all know how that dog pound makes a difference at home. Uncle Sam, can you give me a couple barks with a dog pound real quick? No barks. Eventually uh, it'll happen. It'll happen eventually. In the Super Bowl. So no, it won't. But um <laughs> this I I'm I'm gonna take the under for now, but this is a trap over under. I could see it hitting. I could see Cleveland end up getting, you know, somewhere between six and ten points. And uh, and making this number a little bit more relevant, but give me the Niners with the with the big number, which is nine and a half. I think they're gonna have no problems covering that even on the road. And uh, I like the under for now, but I could see a scenario where the Niners do enough damage and Cleveland sends it over with a field goal or two. Next up, we have the Cle or the Carolina Panthers heading down to Hard Rock Stadium in Miami to play the Dolphins. Miami is a 13 and a half point favorite in this game. The over under in this one is 47 and a half. And Carolina is starting to look a little bit banged up here. There's a lot of guys who are uh, a lot of starters for this Carolina team who are extremely questionable for this week. Uh, Brian Burns questionable. Miles Sanders questionable, but should play. Uh, safeties Von Bell and Xavier Woods are both banged up going into this game. Uh, that to me, against this Miami offense is just if you're missing even two of those three guys on defense, that's a huge loss for your team. If Brian Burns isn't playing this one, that's, that's, that's a death sentence for Carolina. Um, I'm going to take Miami minus the 13 and a half. I know that is a shitload of points, but this has the makings of a watered down version of Miami Denver um, but with less po- less than 20 points on the Carolina side of the ball. I, I think this, this game is going to get out of hand extremely quick. It'll be over by the half, and Miami will probably – you're not going to see much of Tua or Tyreek in the, in the second half of this game. I'm going to still take Miami minus 13 and a half. I'm going to take the over, but I don't think you're going to have that explosion that you saw against Denver. It'll be, it'll be out of hand, but it won't be completely – bonkers like it was against Denver. Uncle Sam? I take Miami any over. Uh yeah, I like Miami in the over as well. I thought that the Lions had no trouble covering their big number last week, which was uh plus or minus ten. 
I think that uh, I think that Miami will be able to cover the minus thirteen and a half at home. They're getting better as time goes on. Um, I listen. They there's a, a a big back and forth this week that's been going on on Bryce Young. Um, if you remember during the combine, or maybe it was pro day. I don't remember what it was, but at some point, um, Josh McCowan. You guys remember Josh McCowan? He is oh, the yeah. quarterbacks coach for the Panthers. And at some point during the draft process, he looked at CJ Stroud and they were playing basketball and they were talking about how we can, you know, we could shoot jumpers together when you're in Charlotte is what he said. And then they ended up taking Bryce Young out of nowhere after Stroud led in the, the draft process. If you're a Panthers fan, you know, I still think Bryce Young's got a lot left to give. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's just going to come out a little bit slower like Tua did, but you're looking at Stroud like he's, uh, Justin Herbert in his first year from afar and the way Stroud he reads defenses um, he can call audibles he, he's just a good efficient quarterback well there's been an internal battle and between Frank Reich and the, the owner of the Panthers David Tepper apparently David Tepper forced them to take Bryce Young and maybe they don't like where they're at with with Bryce Young compared to Stroud but they're doing some things to help Bryce Young, who was serviceable last week in the Lions. It came in garbage time, but he was serviceable. They're doing some things. They're simplifying the offense. They're simplifying the uh, the calls for him. They're trying to make it a lot easier for him to be more efficient at the line so he doesn't have to do too much. And I think that's going to show. And um, I, I don't think this is the week they hit that number, but I think that Carolina is going to do enough offensively to where they're going to push the over-under over. So I like the over in this one. I, it's just hard to pick against Miami at home with that big number. So I'm going to take Miami with the 13.5, but I do like the over in this one. Uh, we have we have a little prediction here. Uh, Rack Jandazzo says in the chat that uh, he thinks Brock Purdy will get hurt uh, and be out for the year after suffering a severe groin injury from banging too many dudes. So a uh, little insight there. Um, next up, we appreciate the insight, new- Rack. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Roy injury out for the year. Uh, next up, the New Orleans Saints are heading down to Houston to play the Texans. New Orleans, a one and a half point favorite in this game, over under a 42 and a half. Uh, obviously, New Orleans has not put up all that too many points in any game they've played this year. Um, their offense has been rather flaccid at times. Uh, Houston's been the exact opposite. Outside of last week, they've pretty much scored at will, it seems like. But for some reason, New Orleans keeps pulling out these close games. And Derek Carr hasn't by any means taken the world by storm, but he's been effective enough to get them three wins. C.J. Stroud, on the other hand, I mean, what is it? The record of the longest start to a career without an interception so far. Um, New Orleans defense is pretty stout though. And that's worrisome in this game because Houston last week went up against, I mean, is stout the right word to describe Atlanta's defense? I don't know, but a better defense than, than, this is just a tough one. I'm I'm going to go New Orleans here very hesitantly just because I think if we saw Atlanta stop the Houston attack last week and hold them to 19 points, I think New Orleans can do a similar thing. Also, 
it's starting to get kind of scary. If we were looking at Damian Pierce's numbers here, he's not even averaging three yards per carry. And, and at some point, putting all that pressure on the back of Stroud is, is going to start to weigh on him. I know it's been an extremely good start, but they need to find a way to run the ball, and I don't think they're going to run the ball all too well against this New Orleans defense. I'm not saying New Orleans defense is some sort of world beater, but Atlanta was able to keep Houston in check, and I think New Orleans will do the same. Give me New Orleans minus one and a half, and I'm going to take the under in this game. Uh, it's just that game last week out of Houston has me spooked about them a little bit right now. Uh, I oof. First things first, this looks like one of the most fun games of the week. Like, this is one that I would be excited to watch. I know I agree. Sam's with me on that one, too. I think it's going to be enough of a defensive battle to where I don't know if I don't know if Carr has the firepower to put up the points, and I don't know if Stroud has the firepower to, to put up the points on the New Orleans defense. So I'm going to go with the under, but, you know, for some reason, I just love Houston. I, I'm going to keep buying into them. I think Tank Dell should be back. Uh, I'm looking for a big game from Dalton Schultz here. I think Tank Dell's not playing. He's not for the record. Tank no. Dell's not playing. Okay. No. Um, I I like Dalton Schultz to have a big game. Nico Collins might be a little bit more isolated going against uh going against that pretty stout uh, Saints secondary. But I'm gonna go with the Texans at home. I just still don't think New Orleans is that good, and I still don't think Derek Carr is good. I like the Texans at, at Texans at home, and I like the under of the forty-two and a half. This game's low scoring and close. I too like the Texans taking them to win this game, and the under. I just I think defense defenses are gonna play a little differently this week, and. Uh, I just think the Texans at home they got they got something to show people. They're in the hunt and I to to be in the hunt they have to win this game. I agree with that. To to stay to stay in the hunt, they need to win this game because it's hard to call a two and four team in the hunt. And if New Orleans wants to stay on track to, you know, compete for this division, they need to win this game. I think there's a lot of pressure for both these teams here. And I do agree this is going to be one of the most fun games to watch. This will be a physical game. This will be a the, 100%. Probably it's one of the be. most physical games you'll see this week. I agree. Agreed. Now, in a game that's going to be the exact opposite of that, we're going to head to Las Vegas, where the one in four New England Patriots are playing the Raiders this weekend at Allegiant Stadium. Las Vegas, minus three in this game. Never thought we'd see that where the Raiders would be favorited over the Patriots, uh, over under a 41 and a half. I don't know how you could ever bet with New England right now. That's that's just the point we're at. I don't know how you could, seeing what we have seen the last two weeks, Bill Belichick's two largest losses of his career, uh, them ready to pull the plug on Mac Jones, um, their defense with – the few, very few playmakers they have not being effective whatsoever. They have cannot run the ball with Zeke Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson. Nothing's working. Give me Las Vegas minus three, and I'm going to take the under. Uh, uh, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Las Vegas minus three in the under. 
the Ra- the Raiders aren't capable of scoring much. Um, but I don't like anything New England has going on. So I, I think this game is going to be a little bit closer. I think it's going to look like that Packer game from Monday night, and maybe the Raiders pull away late. I like Jimmy G with revenge against his the team that drafted him at home. So give me, give me the Raiders with the with the minus three. I think they win outright, and uh, I like that under as well. Low low scoring affair here. Yeah, I'll take the Raiders and the under. I thought for sure he was taking New England there. Wow. That's why I went with the Raiders. Why, just to spite me? No, because if I would have took New England, you'd just talk all kinds of garbage. If you want to take New England, take them, and I won't say no, a word. That's fine. I think this would be I mean, a great time to talk shit about John Mayer. Go ahead. Not yet. <laughs> Next up, we have the Arizona Cardinals. We have the Arizona Cardinals heading to SoFi to play the Rams. In an NFC West battle for the bottom, uh, Arizona one and four, the Rams two and three, third and fourth in the NFC West, respectively. The Rams are a seven point favorite heading into this one. The over under is 48 and a half. And I'm going to be honest with you if you're Arizona and you're sitting there at one and four, all right, and your one win so far was a 28 16 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you 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 can't feel all too bad about that heading into you know two divisional games coming up. Um, let's be honest; the expectations were extremely low for this Arizona team this year. So anything they do is is better than nothing. For some reason, I might pull the Uncle Sam here. I feel like Arizona. This game is going to be a little bit closer than than. It's looking like on paper. I'm going to take the Rams to win because that Cooper Cup last week came in. looks like he hasn't missed a stride. I'm going to take the Rams to win. I'm going to take Arizona to cover the minus seven, and I'm going to take the over in this game. I, think I, I, I like all three of those as well. I couldn't agree more on all three. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, I'm done. Arizona has been playing the division – or excuse me, the conference relatively close. They keep games close. Um I'm curious how they look without James Conner. And conversely, the Rams seem to be in some shootouts every week. Every time I see the Rams, there's points. So I for sure like the over. Um, I think Arizona's good enough to – I think Arizona's good enough to keep it close. So I, I like them with the plus seven, but the the Rams ultimately end up winning this game. The Rams are slowly becoming – and Uncle Sam called this in the offseason. The Rams are slowly becoming a dark horse team for that seven seed. Um, but I need to see a lot more from them. But I, I certainly like how they score. And, um, yeah, this 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 should be a fun one. I mean, this is another on-paper one that's uh, curious to watch for sure. I, I agree with all three of those things, though. I, I, I like the Rams to win outright. I like the, the Cardinals to cover the plus seven, and I like the over. Taking the Rams and the over. Just... Uh... Cup came back last week. It looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And I think uh, they're only going to get better. The, the guy that's going to benefit from all this is Pukin Nakua. He's the one that's going to be uh, getting just wide open down the field. Cause are, you, are you saying this just drawing, so you will him through 30 points this week in a fantasy win? Sorry? Are you just saying this so the gods step in and you will Puka Nakua to a 30-point week in a fantasy win? Yes. 
<laughs> what I thought. <clears throat> In a game that is going to pull at the heartstrings of one Uncle Sam so deeply, I have we have I have no idea what direction he's going to go in here. Either way, he will be a traitor. Philadelphia is heading to New York to play the Jets at MetLife Stadium. Philadelphia, a touchdown favorite here. Let him go Uncle, first. Let him go first. I want oh, to see course. what he looks like with a gun to his head right now. Of course. Uncle Sam, left ventricle Philadelphia, and right ventricle gangrene facing off against each other. Philadelphia, a seven-point favorite, over under a 41. Let's hear it. I was thinking more left nut and right nut here. I'm going to take the under <laughs> in this game. I'm going to take the under, and I'm taking Philadelphia. To win, to cover everything. Yes. Okay. I I just don't I just don't think that. Uh, I I don't think that the Jets have the guns to stay in with them. Although. I think Brees Hall will have a huge day. For some reason, I I don't see I see Philadelphia struggling stopping Brees Hall. So, I can back that but up. But I, I still think they'll they'll cover and they'll win. I can I can back up your Brees Hall stat right now. Give me a second. I got to pull it up. But his usage is starting to go through the roof. Yes. It seems like they were easing him into it. He's off the snap count now. Um, give me give me one second. But in the meantime, I'm going to. I, I I agree with you. I like the. Um, I actually like the over. In this one, because yeah. I think Philly, Philly isn't consistent. They're either winning games because their defense is making plays, or they're winning games because their offense is making plays. Um, I think offensively, they are one of the teams that that can crack the Jets' defense, no problem. Um, they should be well balanced and do some damage. Uh, that being said, I I think the Jets are gonna kind of get their licks in in this one as well. But I like the over, and I like Philly. I like the number. I like minus seven. I think Philly has no problems winning this game by probably 10. I'm um, Brees Hall I, real I quick. I truly think the Jets are going to keep this close. I think their defense is good enough to kind of give Philly some real issues. I I, I just think they're going to cover. That's why I'm taking the under. Mm-hmm. It's just because I, I think that they're going to hold them in check pretty much. The number's minus a seven. Defensive. The number's minus seven. Do you think the Jets cover? Do you think if you give the Jets seven points, they pull uh, it out? I, I don't. Th- I think they'll lose by more than seven. Yeah, but they keep it but close they'll the keep entire it game. In. They'll keep it. I'm, I'm with you. The Jets haven't get been. Blown out. Other than Dallas, they haven't been in, like, any uncompetitive games, you know? Uh, they were competitive against the Patriots. It was just a Zach Wilson problems. They were competitive, obviously, week one. They were obviously competitive last week. They were competitive against the Chiefs. It's just the Broncos game where they weren't really competitive. And I like Zach Wilson a lot more now than I did then. So I could yeah. see them keeping it close. I just think Philly ultimately does what they do. They bully you in the trenches. They're going to run the ball down their throats. Real quick, you you nailed it on Brees Hall. Uh, just from a fantasy production standpoint, week two, he had 0.9 points, which is nine yards. Uh, week three, it went up to 3.2. Week four, it went up to 8.4. Last week, obviously, he popped off 26.9. I think his usage should be very good. And one thing teams have done, well, I guess they haven't run the ball well on, on Philly, but I think Brees Hall bucks that i think he has a decent game for them you know in the 10 to 20 range in terms of points and 
I'm looking for him to rebound a little bit for sure. Jalen Carter might not play this week. He's questionable. So that's a huge thing for Philly to be able to stop Brees Hall. Well, that's a huge thing for Zach Wilson. Because cause the, the best thing that Jalen Carter has done through two weeks is pass rush, which we knew. We knew Jalen Carter was going to be the, one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. So uh, that could be big for Zach Wilson to take that pressure off him. Of course, you still got Fletcher Cox. You know, you you still got you still got uh, Jordan Davis. You still got to deal with the crazy secondary. By the way, uh, while we're talking about Philly, Fletcher Cox snuck his way into the the Phillies locker room celebration last night. It looked cool, and uh, I'm sneaking this in at the wrong time. But out of all of the Tigers that Dave Dombrowski and Avila traded away for nothing, and and that we've lost over the last decade, I think the biggest one is going to end up being Nick Castellanos. Um, He's been so good. He had two. I think he had two homers yesterday. He had at least one. It was a game-winning homer. He bats seventh, and he's just so his personality is so great. So they interviewed him after the game, and they're asking about like how he fits the identity of the city. And his response live on the air was, "Yeah, I fuck with Philly." And then on top of that, you know, the Eagles have been partying. Joel Embiid was at the game yesterday. The Eagles have been partying with the Phillies. And the Phillies went out after the game last night, and they were on some balcony, and someone was right under Nick Castellanos, and he just gave the fucking middle finger like this. So we miss you, Nick Castellanos. The Phillies, Bryce Harper, I see what you're doing over there. Um, Isn't he hurt? Bryce Harper? Yeah. No, he had two home runs two nights ago, and he stared down. He got hurt last night or something. He, he kinda, he's fine. He'll be fine. Um, anyways, wrong time to talk baseball. I'm, I'm with you, Uncle Sam. I, I like uh, I like the Eagles with the minus seven. I like the over in this one, surprisingly, uh, and I like the Eagles to win it outright. Go ahead, Sam. We've, we've talked too much about this game. Yeah, no, I'm going to take Philadelphia minus seven. I'm going to take the over. You guys covered every, you guys covered every point I was going to make, so it's perfect. Next up. The New York Giants are heading up to Buffalo to play the Bills. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a running back. They don't have a tight end. What do they have? A whole lot of nothing. Buffalo, 14.5-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 44.5 points. Here's the thing. This Giants defense has allowed teams to absolutely stomp them out. I mean... We, we talked about how their offense can't do much. At the end of the day, their losses on the year. Miami put up 31. Seattle put up 24. Frisco put up 30. Uh, Arizona in a Giants win put up 28 points. And Dallas put a 40-burger on them. So this Giants defense is allowing more points than pretty much anybody else in the league right now. And I just don't see that really changing this week against Buffalo and Buffalo has looked good the last couple of weeks. They again, Jacksonville, London, it wasn't great, but before that they looked very, very good and they popped Miami as well. I think Buffalo is starting to fall in the stride. I don't take a lot of, I don't put a ton of weight on the London game. Just don't. Um, New York hasn't gotten to the quarterback. They're 31st in sacks. They've allowed the second most rush yards per game. It's just the whole Giants thing is falling apart. I'm going to take, and I know it is a shitload of points, but I'm going to take Buffalo by two touchdowns in this game. And over under a 44 and a half, I think Buffalo could put up 42 in this game. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the under in Buffalo. 
Giants are decimated by injuries. There's nothing. There's nothing they could do. They'll be lucky just to come into this game and score. Uh, I'm going to do something stupid here, and I'm going to take the number with the Giants, that 14 and a half, and I'll tell you why. Number one, it's a big number, and Buffalo, historically, like in the Josh Allen era, they've been good with the big number, but they haven't been as of late. Um, so I like the Giants with the 14 and a half, but I think Buffalo wins this outright. I also like the over, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think... That I mean, we're talking about this is the first time Brian Dable is playing Josh Allen, and he's playing his. I mean, Josh Allen probably isn't unlocked Josh Allen without Brian Dable, and I think Brian Dable will have a few answers defensively for him, and that's why the Giants are not. They're not going to keep it crazy close. Like I don't think the Giants are going to feel like they're in the game. Who's who's starting? Who's Daniel Jones' backup? Uh, isn't it Tyrod isn't it Tyrod? It's Tyrod. Okay. Um, who also also a revenge game. I think he played in Buffalo. In fact, I think Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback when Josh Allen was a rookie. I'm pretty sure backup, that's maybe. right. He was a starter. Um, regardless, I, uh, I, I think that's a, a really big number. In fact, it's the biggest number of the week, if my math is correct. It is. Uh, it's the biggest I, I number of the week. I the Giants are missing way too many pieces. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. I, the the Dable effect. They Dable willed them to a win against the Cardinals week two or week three, whatever that was. And I think Dable's going to have more of an impact on the defensive game plan for the Giants. So I I the 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 there goes the stroke again. I'm good for one per show. The Bills win outright. Uh, I just like the number with the Giants. But Bruce, put me down for the Bills. Please don't fuck that up. Got we got people looking at our picks now. Actually, I had Buffalo written out for all of us before I started this other one. So thank God it went that way. Next up, oh, we have the Dallas Cowboys heading to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Dallas, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Over-under, 50-and-a-half points. Honest to God. Yeah, this is Monday night. You know that, right? This is Monday night? Yeah, we can still pick it. Go ahead. Let's just do no, it. We gotta, you want to do it? Let's just do it. Okay, let's do it. Dallas, two and a half point favorite, over under 50 and a half. That's the highest over under of the week. Um, And honestly, I'm kind of surprised that this line was as close as it is. I know Dallas is, you know, let us down at times this year, but I, right now with the state of the Chargers, I know they're two and two, but in in my opinion, I still feel like that's a very very fugazi two and two. I'm going to take Dallas by two and a half in this game, and I think that this one, to me, this is not a two and a half point difference. To me, this is a game that could get ugly quick. Uh, Eckler still questionable. The last thing I read. They so don't know if play. he is going to play. That's what he said. I haven't looked at, I haven't checked that this morning, but yesterday it was showing that he was still questionable. So if Eckler plays, that's a huge help. He said he was 99% sure he's playing. So this is the thing. Dallas has to bounce back, right? Like Dallas has to come out this week and, and, and have a bounce back game. I mean, they lost by 32 points last week. 
I think they do. I think they take I think they make easy work of the Chargers and you just add another notch to the reasons why Brennan Staley should be fired. Because the reason why this game's so hard to pick is still your brain is telling you, wow, the Chargers should be a lot better than they are, and they're just not. Well, I'm going to take the Chargers to win this game. What's the point spread on that? Uh, it's it's minus two and a half for Dallas. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers to win this game outright. What's the over? Uh, 50 and a half. 50 and a half. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I am the counter to that. I think Dallas bounces back. Uh, I know they've been embarrassed twice this year. I just think it's same drill. It's a good, good medicine. I'm hoping this is a good game. On paper, this is a pretty good game. Um, but I think the good medicine for playing the Niners is to go on against the Chargers. It's going to be a shootout. I love that over. I think it's a lot of fun. I hope that I hope it hits. Um, so I'm going to go with the over 50 and a half. But I like Dallas to end up winning this outright just because I, I still can't buy into it. Brandon Staley's made a decision to choke the game away every week. And Dallas is not a team that you can make a game choking decision. I don't like Brandon Staley either. I, I think he's a douchebag. But you like Mike but McCarthy anyway, less. I want to see Mike McCarthy as the first coach fired this year because he's fucking awful. He's fucking awful. Everybody pointed the fingers at the OC last year, and he's obviously not the fucking problem. So the I pro- The problem is the Dallas Cowboys are never prepared the right way. They have such a talented roster and a, a garbage quarterback and a garbage head co- head coach, and he needs to fucking go. That's the bottom line. I want them to lose every game from here on out. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you on McCarthy. I just still think Correct. I just still think there's he's not even the worst coach in his own division at the moment. Oh, so I, I think he is. I think there's I think four I think there's four coaches in front of him that have a case to be fired before he does. Uh, definitely in the off I, I actually like Ron Rivera better than Mike McCarthy. You know, it's apples and oranges. I I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. If someone wanted to make that argument, I'll give it to you. I personally don't, but if you made that argument, I think Mike if McCarthy. If you had a roster like the Dallas Cowboys, hold on. There's no rewind. reason. Rewind. Rewind. He went 13 and three three years in a row in Green Bay and didn't make one Super Bowl with yeah. any of those teams. Yeah. Honestly, with, with, I would take Ron Rivera over Mike McCarthy as well. He wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime. Yeah. What'd you say, Sam? Sorry. I'd take Ron Rivera over uh, McCarthy as well. Fair. Yeah. This yeah. year, I'm not. But Mike McCarthy's garbage. He'll be gone. I'm not worried about it. Actually, no, he won't. No one is more stupid with these decisions than Jerry Jones. Because yeah. it's one giant How long giant did he keep Jason Garrett for? How, how many fucking years did he Forever. keep Jason Garrett? And it's, it's going to be the same. God. It's going to be the same with Dak. You know, he's already coming out there and saying it, and it's not like I'm putting out fires by saying, oh, I think Dak is fine, or oh, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sick. Oh, I think Mike McCarthy's fine. It's not like he's putting out fires. Jerry Jones is the guy that says it, and then you actually believe it. You know, when he does something, he sa- when he says something, he does it. And I honestly, the Cowboys are so lucrative, he doesn't need to win a Super Bowl. They're already the most expensive franchise in the league. They could be mediocre forever, and the money's still going to his pocket. And he doesn't seem like a guy with a winning mentality because he doesn't make the picks like a guy with a winning mentality. So I think he's fine with the mediocrity. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike McCarthy comes back or Dak comes back. Obviously, they shouldn't do that. Obviously, you know it's a he's, bad decision. I, I, I don't agree with that totally. You want to know why? I think he's getting older, 
and he knows the box is real close to him. And well, I yeah, think he, he wants to women. win before he goes into it. So I, I see him absolutely blowing this up after this year. If, if this goes bad and goes south like it looks like it could, and hopefully this is the game to do that, to make him fucking force him into making a decision, I think it could happen. I think you could see McCarthy gone. Next up, our very own Detroit Lions are heading south to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Detroit, a three-point favorite in this one, over under a 42-and-a-half. And Zolo, I'm tossing it to you. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the key in this one, I think the key in this one is the Lions' defensive line. I think they are going to potentially eat um, little uh, – a little fun comment from the Bucks left tackle, Luke Godeke. Am I saying? I don't even know who he is. But um, he had a comment this week on Aiden Hutchinson, who's playing like one of the best defenders in football all around, let alone defensive ends. Um, he goes, I mean, there's elite pass rushers all over this league. Um, I've already faced Daniil Hunter, and I would put him above Aiden Hutchinson, to be honest, and Cam Jordan. Listen. I think the Lions' D-line eats this week. I think they stop the run with no issue. And one of the best recipes for a mobile quarterback is to stop the run. Now, I will say, Mike Evans is probably going to play. He was limited in practice, which is crazy coming out of a bye because he didn't practice until yesterday. Um, I, I kind of like all of the Bucks' pass catchers, and I, I like what Baker Mayfield is capable of. But I think this is a game... Again, there's this thing with these mobile quarterbacks, and it, it applies to Fields, it applies to Lamar Jackson, it applies to Baker Mayfield, it applies to Russ. There's this stigma that they cannot play from behind, and I think the Bucks will be playing from behind early. I still think they're a good team. I still think they're going to do enough defensively to mitigate the Lions' offense slightly. But I think the Bucs will ultimately be playing from behind a lot of the game, and you will see Baker throw the ball away on multiple occasions. So that's going to start with the Lions' D-line, and then it's going to trickle down to the secondary. I think this is a very good defensive game for the Lions. Um, give me the Lions to cover the minus three. Give them to win outright. The Lions have covered in four or five games. The only game they didn't cover was Seattle. Uh, and they were close to covering the Seattle game. They, you know, if they win a coin toss, they probably win it in overtime. They cover Seattle. So in regulation, the Lions have covered every game they've been in. Um, and I'm going to go with the over. I think this this has potential. 42 and a half. The Lions are a top five offensive team. They're number two in big play potential. Um, I think the Lions have enough firepower to go against the Bucks defense, and they're going to manage over 24 points in this one. And I think Tampa kind of kind of scores some points too. Eventually, it's just gonna it's not going to persist as the game goes on. So the Lions do good damage covering that the the uh, covering the spread there. Give me the Lions minus three. Give me the Lions outright, and give me the over in this one. Uncle Sam, what's the over in this? 42 and a half. Yep. What's the spread? Three. Lions are getting three. Yep. I'm going to take the Lions in the over in this. Uh, the key to this game is real simple. David Montgomery. It's Montgomery, baby. Honestly, God. That? 
David, I, I really agree with. He's I agree with what you. he's been able to do the last few weeks against a a very stout defense. Uh, they'll they'll win this game. I I agree with you, uh, and I'm not going to lie. I think that David Montgomery does have a really nice game. I think that Tampa Bay is three and one. All right, and I think it's probably one of the flukier three and ones in the league. And I, I know. It's hard to say that because Baker's been playing good and in all reality, like their defense hasn't looked bad and Mike Evans has taken the world by storm at points and all that's great, but I'm sorry. The talent level here, Detroit is a better team than this Tampa Bay team. And I think they show that. I will say this game feels the most Seattle-esque. It feels like Tampa could just come in and punch them in the nose, but I don't think it happens. I think that that was the Seattle game is the one game this year that they should have won that they're going to lose. I think they beat Tampa. I think it's a good game. I think it's a close game. I think it's a good physical battle. Ultimately, I'm going to take Detroit minus three, and I'm going to take the over in this. I think there's going to be a decent amount of points scored both ways, but Detroit comes out on top by a touchdown. Can we can we go back to Tampa real quick? You're, you yeah. think they're kind of fluky. Don't you still feel like, though, that they're going to have – like, me personally, I still feel like they have the best shot to win that division. Am I off on that? No. Like, I, 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 I think – See, I don't think so. I'm, 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 I'm indifferent right now. Realistically, I think Tampa could be one of those teams that's starting out looking real good, and then it just slowly falls apart, right? It has – to me, it has it that – Todd Bowles thing? It's one, one, it's the Todd Bowles thing. I do not trust Todd Bowles. I don't trust him to do anything right. He will eventually shit this season away. And I think ultimately he'll probably be one of the reasons why they don't make the playoffs. Two, Mike Evans is banged up already. That's a disaster to happen. Three, it's Baker Mayfield. And like at the end of the day, is he playing okay right now? Yeah. Do I expect Baker Mayfield to put it together and make a complete season out of this and, and have, a, have a nine-win football team? No, I don't. I don't. Ultimately, I think this Tampa team is going to fall apart. And I see more stability from New Orleans, and I see more upside from Atlanta. I So I just think Tampa does the most well. It, it, it all goes back They're to bad. mitigating the mistakes. Yeah. And I think that – I don't know if they have the Saints' quality defense, but I think their defense is so much improved, and I think it's great. I, I buy into what uh, – what uh, whatever what they've been doing defensively, I I think that's one of the reasons that they've been in games, and um, they just uh, I I don't want to call it a revitalization of Baker because I never thought he was bad, but his usage is perfect right now, and I think he's got the best pass catchers he's ever had in his career, um, and I just think they do the most well in that division, and that's why they are where they are. I. I it might be fluky because of their schedule and because they don't play anybody, but they went into New Orleans and manhandled the team that I think is the next closest to them in their division. I guess Atlanta, it remains to be seen. They could hit their stride. I truly believe Desmond Ritter will be a detriment when it's all said and done to them. Um, and Todd Bulls, like, yeah, he had one bad year last year, and of course he had all those nasty years in the Jets, but like, this is a lot top, different of a Bucks Bull, team. Todd Bulls, outside being a a uh, defensive coordinator is garbage. Okay. He is. He's trash. That's fair. He's trash. He's I think Todd Bowles is Todd Bowles is one of the worst coaches in the NFL living on borrowed time. 
Maybe, but he's in he's in arguably the weakest division in football, and they play the easiest schedule, and nothing remedies borrowed time quite better than, you know, finishing where they finished last year. Well, they I know they won the division, but where the division was last year, and you get to play the last-place division schedule. I, I don't know if that's as wide open, that division is as wide open as we think it is, but I still think Tampa's the class of the division, and this game, it should be a, a lot closer it should be a lot closer to start, but I think it levels out. Um, where are your seats at? Right next to John Mayer. Right next to John Mayer. Yep. Where's John uh, second Mayer? Second row, 30 yard John line. Mayer. Yeah, I'm John line. Mayer at Amelie Arena. Yes, he is. And I'm actually I'm looking at Amelie Arena right now. Maybe there'll that be a John a Mayer sighting in the audience. That place is a shithole. Can you walk to it from where you're at? I'm literally like I wish I, I can't really Have show you. Have you driven through Davis Island before? Yeah, last time we were here, I did. Yeah, it's cool as shit. Like Jeter's Love house, it. the double lot yep. that Tom Brady lived in. Yep, I was, Dave, trust me, I spent some time I'm there. I'm sure he's camped out there a couple of times. Yeah, Davis yeah, Island's pretty cool. Downtown Tampa's come a long way, and, and it's it's a lot of fun. So I, I'm. I was I'm shocked there. last night when we got here, just driving around downtown Tampa. So I guess the Jonas Brothers were at uh, whatever, the arena last night. And I mean, you're it was just, buzzing. You're just kicking it with the talent down there, huh? There's a there's a lot of like outdoor rooftop bars and outdoor bars. It's it's also a college town. Um, uh, UCF is there, I think. Yeah, yeah, UCF is there, and um, it's a college town, so it's always bumping. There's always something going on. Their downtown is clean, and you know what? If you don't like it, you can go over to St. Pete. You can go over to Clearwater. There's so much to do. You want to go. You want to go have a blast. You can go to Disney for a day from there. Um, Was gonna go to Disney, but decided not to this time. Save Disney for me if you guys ever Disney. Go. John Mayer. We went to Disney. We went to Disney uh, last year. This week. A year ago. This week. Where did you go though? Did you go to everything, or did you just go to one everything. thing? No. Listen, I'm I am the Disney one that wakes up at six thirty in the morning. Yes. Yes. Gets the lightning lane going. We're out of the hotel room by 7.30. We're at the park when it opens. Yes. We're, it's everything scheduled out. Whichever one's open late, we're there late. Like, I take Disney very seriously. What's your favorite park? Yeah, Mine's Epcot. I love Epcot. Epcot's, Epcot is strong in different ways. I don't go to Epcot for the rides. But I haven't been there since that Guardians of the Galaxy ride opened up, the, the Cosmic Rewind. Oh. And I heard it's outstanding. You a Guardians fan? No. You Marvel fans? also, no. you start. I think Animal Kingdom is the most underrated one. Yeah, no, I think Animal Kingdom is the best all around park. Yeah, um, it's it's right there. If it wasn't for the food and drink at Epcot, I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, you're going to Epcot for the food and drink. Now, I'll yeah. be honest with you, I haven't been to Magic Kingdom in years, but conversely, I've been going to Disney, like I'm going to Disneyland in three weeks, uh, and I've gone to Disneyland three times in the last five years, and that's very similar to Magic Kingdom. Um, I've been to Magic Kingdom in a while, but I want to see they added a Tron ride there in Future World, like right next to right next I think to I did Space it. Mountain. And I when did that a, open? What's up? That opened within like the last couple of months, right? Yeah, it did. It it, it yeah. opened uh, it opened Memorial Day this year actually, and yeah. um, it's it's based off of they did a Tron ride in Shanghai, Disneyland Shanghai, and I've been seeing it for years. And Tron Legacy is one of my favorite movies. So they open the Tron light cycle circuit at uh, Future World at Disney World. And, I, and I, now I have to make an appearance there. So I plan to. Uh, do you do Universal at all? I'm just curious. Uh, I did Universal LA once. And I haven't done Universal here in eons. So 
I would He's love to. Like, going please. off right now. I haven't had a chance. Yeah. Are you trying to get us a DeWalt sponsor or what? I don't know if we could. I wouldn't why? have this. I would have my Milwaukee. That's you. So then why are you plugging the DeWalt drill on a Milwaukee uh, Because show? you're playing on a desk here for some odd reason. And you just needed something to fucking play with? Well, you know, got to do something. Well, the big thing was never play with the drills. It's either that or uh, play with John Mayer. I, I mean. <laughs> I'm going to go play with John Mayer. Anyways. Some huge talent out there in Tampa this week. What did you say? The Jonas Brothers and John Mayer? Fuck. Are you kidding me? Wow. Wow. Listen, dude, you suck, dude. All right. Wow. Enjoy enjoy not fest watching Marilyn I'm Manson and corn happen until the day. Whatever, dude. <laughs> anything to add? Does anybody have anything to add? We kept this we kept the show under a hundred minutes right now. Uh no, uh, uh, Nick Castellanos. I added what I wanted to add. Okay, Uncle Sam. What? Do you have anything to add? Um. God bless Milwaukee. <laughs> Boobs, titties. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I'm good. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Tip Balls Podcast. Make sure to follow our socials, Instagram and Twitter at Tip Balls, TikTok at Tip Balls Podcast. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to check us out on YouTube. Remember, subscribe and join us in the chat when we go live because we just love talking to you guys. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been another great week. Enjoy the weekend. You got to remember, this is week week six, right? Uh, This is week six, yeah. Only 12 more weeks of regular season football left, so enjoy it while you can. Thank you so much for listening. You will hear from us Monday or Tuesday.